This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Write it down. Another prediction comes true. How many of my predictions have come true uh, over the years? So you all have of one them? here. Who all of add them. This. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Uh, one. One prediction now. I don't make a lot of predictions. No, that's actually. not really our game. It's really a Glenn game. <laughs> that's Glenn, more a Glenn Beckian thing. No yeah. one is more impressed about his predictions than Glenn Beck. Uh, and uh, we, I don't. I guess we make predictions occasionally. Occasionally, but uh, I, I don't. I don't make. We a did big, predict the wall wouldn't be built. That's true. That's true. And then we, we did predict. Hey, that. When we make predictions like that, what do we do? We put we, our money where we put our, our mouth money, is, or our underwear, where our or mouth our is. underwear, where we in our mouth actually. So ninety-five percent um, of the wall needs to be built. Yeah. Someone said that we said ninety at one point, which oh. I wouldn't say is completely impossible, though I don't remember it. Huh. Um, so if someone can dig that up, I mean, you know, we'll stand by whatever we said. I know. Yes, that, we will. Ninety uh, percent. I mean, of it'll the wall be easily found being built. And by the way, uh, some people are trying to scam us on this one. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't get credit for the part of the wall that's already built. No. 90% of what's not no. built needs to be built. Right, thank you. Yes. I mean, again, wall, <laughs> wall, not, we built a virtual fence. No, wall, big, physical, beautiful wall. With a big, beautiful door in it. Yes. So people can come legally. His promise. Uh-huh. What, what, if he does his promise. Uh-huh. And you know what? We took him literally. <laughs> uh, not seriously. Well, both. Seriously well, yeah. and literally. Yes. Uh, on this one. So he needs to actually live up to it. But, you know, that's a high standard of underwear. Um, he, you know, it, as you would, you'd assume, we'd make that a little bit difficult for him to actually achieve. But... I yeah, don't mind he, that. I mean, yeah, he should come be. on. There should be a high degree of difficulty here. He, he was the one that made the promise. We're just the ones who don't believe it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. Uh, but one of my predictions, one of my thoughts has always been, I don't know if it's a prediction, but enforce the freaking law. 
Okay, we don't even need new immigration laws. We already have laws in place. We just ignore them, enforce the law, secure the border. And then you do something about those who are here. Uh, you, you take away incentives to be here. And it works every single time. Started in, we were just talking about this a minute ago. It started in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, where they enforced the law. And, and natural deportation happened. Self-deportation happened. Yeah. They, they went to other cities where they were more friendly to them. They went to other states. Or they went home. But if you went on a national basis and you said, look, we're serious about immigration... We want you to come, but we want you to come legally. So if you're not coming legally, I'm sorry. Don't we're, come. We're, we're not going to be welcoming to those who break our laws, and that's the first act they do in our country. Sorry. Um, in fact, I'm not sorry, because every country in the world defends their borders, except us. Everybody does it. So now the story is just on the threat, because Trump hasn't done anything yet, but he talked tough on immigration. Just that has helped. Illegal border crossings, according to uh, Customs and Border Protection, are uh, plummeting. They actually use the word plummeting. It's a 40% drop in illegal, illegal crossings from January to February. That's an amazing statistic. 40% already, and we haven't even taken a step yet. We haven't even done anything yet. Yeah, and you know, you, I guess you give because I mean, Trump hasn't actually done anything. On I think you give Trump credit for at least give, talking tough on it. Does the tough tuck? The question I would have here, because I Shows think we're tough, serious, right? Right. I think the tough talk works for a time. Yeah, right. 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 If you don't actually, I mean, you know, you're keeping DACA in, um, you know, you're he hasn't done. Shh, don't tell them that. Well, I mean, he's I, shh, maybe they haven't heard it. Yet. OK, uh, DACA <laughs> has been repealed. And uh, yeah, I think the tough talk works. The question is, does I think it, it work does. long term? It, it won't. I mean, they'll, they'll have, have to, to see us backing something. Up, you know, we got to back up our word. But right, right he, now it's helping. If you're an illegal immigrant, uh, you've been looking at coming to America. It's been uh, and, and, uh, like Eddie Murphy. Uh, and uh, it's been a <laughs> it's like excellent to movie. America. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had its moments. Mm-hmm. It had its moments. Oh, um, but it, uh, if you're thinking about coming to America and you realize that we treat it like a speeding ticket or less for multiple decades, and now you think like, well, if I come now, I can get in because they haven't done anything yet. But in six months, they might start really enforcing this, and then I'm screwed. We're tougher on speeding tickets than yes, we, we are, are on, on immigration. As you would know. I've paid many, many fines. You have hundreds have, of them. <laughs> I've paid thousands of dollars in fines for my speeding tickets. They're not paying anything. Right. There's no penalties for breaking in illegally. And as long as they see that and they understand that, and that's how we treat it, they're gonna, of course they're going to keep doing it. Of course. So just the talk top, the, the tough talk has helped the situation. Um, border, the border agency uh, called the, the drop unprecedented. So uh, that's great. I mean, I'm going to give Trump all the credit for that because he's the only person in, in the campaign, really, that talked anywhere near tough on immigration. And, and until we get serious the on primary? it... primary? I think there was a, there was plenty of people who took it seriously in the primary. I don't know that anybody else was really talking about it as their major issue. He he's the one who sort of adopted it. I think right. he fell into it, but he yeah, did he adopt it. Absolutely, oh, fell into it, no and, and that's the, that we proved a long time ago. When yeah. you look at yeah. his an, an announcement speech, he barely talked about it at all. 
<laughs> it was the only true. thing he said about immigration in that speech was the rapist. And it thing. was way into it. He didn't leave. Yeah, it. it was like his 60th issue we talked about. Yeah. And in the thing, he's, he's like, ah, you know, they're sending us a rapist and stuff. So, by the way, and then so the media is like, rapist, rapist. And then he just adopted it as his issue. I mean, it really, uh, I that is know, how this happened. I honestly believe that because he's never been oh, this way on immigration. He's never been this way but before. But they forced his back up against the wall, and so he fought for that point, even though I don't know if he believes it. Yeah, he, I, mean, I mean, I think he may have believed it at some level, but I think he Maybe. thought it was appealing to the base. Yeah. And, he, and if he backed off on it, he'd look like he was backing off on his first major speech. So he just said, screw it, I'm just going to go with it. And, and make, then tur- he, he and turned it, it into belief. And it worked. Oh, absolutely. Time. Make no mistake, he knows how to play the crowd. So yeah, when the yeah. crowd was there, man, he grabbed out. You bet. It. But the crowd didn't respond to that at the speech. It wasn't until right. after right, the right, media right. No, reacted no, multiple days later that it became right. a big talking point for him. I mean, that's an inf- a fascinating uh, point of that campaign. You know, they write these yeah. uh, books after each campaign. Uh, Halper and Mark Halperin writes them sometimes, McKay Coppins. That moment, I hope they fo- put some focus on that because it really is interesting that it was not his issue. Now, trade with China was a big issue in that speech. Uh, and he did mention Mexico when it w- was talking about trade, but he was not talking about illegal immigration other than that really quick, brief moment. It's something like, I can't remember what it was. It was something like 40 words or of a, you know, 2,000-word speech or something. We actually worked out, because he just didn't care. Mm-hmm. It was not a big issue. It was a throwaway line mm-hmm. that just got picked up by the media that made him talk about that. However, you're right. It became a big moment. Um, while other people talked about it, they talked about it uh, not as big. A, it wasn't as big a percentage or certainly as much as the coverage. You know, Trump got all the coverage on that issue. Um, you know, people yeah. like Cruz were saying, wait a minute, I have been fighting for this for a long time. Uh, you know, Rubio was a guy who was Gang of Eight style. He was the type of guy that people were saying, well, wait a minute, he might do something like DACA. Well, now you have Trump and he's keeping it. I mean, he's doing the thing that you thought would be the thing you'd be scared of out of a Rubio presidency, <laughs> and Trump's actually doing it. However, the but tough But it's a good thing now because they, they knew he was going to do, do that the whole time. Oh, they knew the whole time. Oh, now. they knew the whole yeah, time, and they wanted him to do <laughs> yeah, it, but um, he had to do that. <laughs> But the point okay. is, though, the tough talk does mm. seem to have an effect, yep. at least initially, uh, on the border crossings. And another part of this is border agents are not- not- uh, noticing the coyote fees, uh, the fees to smuggle someone across the border, have shot up. The market for, hey, you, I can get you across the border, it's a lot more expensive now to get a, an immigrant across the border. Uh, those two things are indications they believe, at least initially, the tough talk has worked. Whether If he backs it with action, I think it will continue to work. You know how much it costs these guys? To get across the border from with a coyote, I, I think the average uh, that I've heard, and this was years ago, was like seven thousand dollars. So we're told that they can't feed their families, they can't they can't do any of these things um, because they don't have any money. They're poor, they're dirt poor, and they're looking for a better life in America. What if you took that seven thousand dollars and applied it to uh, food for your family? What if you took that $7,000 in Mexico, which is going to get you quite a ways. Yeah, like a 16 houses. Uh, and bought a house. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't even make sense, a lot of what they say. Where are they, how, get, where are they getting the money? Where are they getting the money? I, I don't know, because these coyotes are not cheap. No. I, I did, now, is there a, a situation, a, a, a bit of indentured servitude that occurs in which they, they come over and while they're working and they're sending money to the coyotes instead of sending it to their families, they're not even getting the benefits I, of if, the border crossing? I was, I've been told that they have to pay them up front. Up front. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, are coyotes going to trust you to make payments? 
maybe, uh, maybe, because maybe they threaten you, they're, they're going to kill you and your family or whatever if you don't. But uh, I think mostly it comes up front. But this is good news. 40% drop in illegal crossings in the last uh, two months. So that, that's great. I'll take it. Um, meanwhile, we were just talking about this at the end of the radio show. A couple of new polls showing massive majorities. I mean, unbelievable majorities yeah. that favor new infrastructure spending. This is uh, interesting. And I, I, if you didn't hear the radio show, I have, uh, you know, I, I uh, as you may know, I'm a little bit of a polling geek. Um, and... I'm a little skeptical of these polls being this high. Um, we're talking about 90%. Do we have the actual numbers? Do you have this, the, the graphs of these by any chance? Uh, 90% um, support, 89 to 9 among the overall population, 87 to 9 among Republicans. Uh, oh, here they are. Yeah, here, this is the little, sorry, it's not even a graph. It's just the stats. Uh, 90 to 8 overall, 90 to 7 among Republicans, 90 to 7 among Democrats, 91 to 8 among uh, independents uh, when you're talking about That supporting. doesn't even make sense to me. Doesn't even make sense. Uh, it's incredible. Are you kidding me? No. Ninety? Is it ninety percent of Republicans want this? Yeah, that's the poll. I mean, that's incredible. Um, and again, <laughs> you know, the one thing I will throw to sh- wow. throw a little polling flag on this: the question verbatim is, do you support or oppose increasing federal spending for roads, bridges, mass transit, or other infrastructure? Not putting the number in there is pretty important because yeah. I mean it. You know, you might say increasing. The average person doesn't think of, well, they're already spending multiple hundreds of billions of dollars on this. Do we want more? They're thinking to themselves, well, we need to keep spending on infrastructure. We need to keep spending additional money on infrastructure. Well, we do that every year anyway. This is, a, this is on top of that we're talking about. And so that, it makes it a little bit misleading. But, I mean, this is what's interesting here is uh, uniform support from, all, from Democrat, Republican, Independent. Uniform support, 90, 90, 91% of support. That's incredible. You don't see that on almost anything. I mean, I can't think of an issue where I could get 90% in a poll right now. I can't even think of one. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, uh, can you think of one off the top of your head? No. No. I mean, I've never uh, seen that kind of overwhelming. Yeah, it does occasionally happen, I guess, but it's very rare. I mean, even things that are incredibly 90. Popular. I don't think 90% of Americans think we went to the moon. Yeah, I it know is. it was about it's like 6%, 89 or 86 yeah. or something. Um, uh, and we have the uh, the other one. For, this is from C- CNN. I thought I thought this was the Quinnipiac one, but that was uh, Quinnipiac. Here's CNN. Uh, yeah, here it is. I mean, 72 20. I thought I think the sources might be reversed on this. Uh, to be honest about it, but it's 72 25, 79 19, and 87 to 10. Um, I don't know that that's actually CNN. To be honest, I thought the Quinnipiac one. Uh, was the one with the... Republicans. Whatever, it doesn't matter. 87 to 10 approved. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the important part of this one... It's more it's than more. Democrats. It's more. Look at conservatives. This is and again, why? Because Trump has proposed it. Liberal, moderate, conservative. Liberals, wow. we all know, love infrastructure Jeez, support, support. 71, 25, they say. Wow. Uh, but there's 84% of conservatives agree with it. 84 to 14 It just shows that these titles, principles, mean nothing, nothing to the vast majority Zero. of people. Uh, you know, the fact that you're here watching the show every day and, and watching The Blaze, you know, maybe you're in this group of people who make decisions outside of these teams, but almost nobody does. You're alone. That whole we surround them thing, dead. Remember that thing? <laughs> Eric Glenn on TV. Barely. Hey, we surround them. No, no we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I mean, look. I think there's a, a natural instinct to just go with your guy. And right now, Trump is pretty popular among Republicans, much more popular than he was even during the, uh, the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he's here and he's got the glow of popularity with his own party, 
they're going to agree with anything he says. And Seems I, that, way, I, that may very well it? not be you, and certainly most of the people in that poll would not admit to that. But honestly, <laughs> the re- Republicans love Russia. Republicans love infrastructure spending. Mm-hmm. Republicans love uh, uh, universal health care. Republicans love almost every single thing. They, they, like, they hate free trade. He should, he should, he I, should I mean, propose a tax increase. I, uh, I bet you I mean, anything he'd get support <laughs> from Republicans on that. Would. If he came he out would. right now and was like, you know what, 35, uh, 39.6, not high enough. It should go to 45. People would agree with it. Republicans. And you know who would disagree? Democrats. Mm-hmm. They'd all say, oh, is this all? But you're not, it's, look at it. The rich aren't paying their fair share. They would, they, they would mm-hmm. say the same thing. But it would not matter. Policies are completely separate from politics. They are not even a part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that started. I mean, I, I could give you the... Um, do, do we have it here by any chance, Marissa, uh, in the control room? Do we have that... Um, I think I sent it to you. The the separation, the uh, the, the margins of victory. Yeah, um, the full screen right here. Well, but that's exactly Stunningly high just, political polarization. It's literally the next thing on the press. It's literally, it's literally on, the next thing. It's literally right in front of Good. your face. Good. Good. Thank you for that, Marissa. Look at this. This is exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, what you're seeing here is the margins of victory by county in the United States. You see back in 1992, um, the very bottom, the uh, orange, is a 50-point margin. So somebody wins by 79 to 20, right? It's over mm-hmm. 50 points. Uh, then a 40-point margin is the lighter orange. As it gets lighter, lighter, um, the percentage of counties, um, the yellow is 20 points. Okay, so that's the... So in 1992, about 38% of re- uh, counties were won by 20 points or more. Polarized counties, we'll say. Mm-hmm. You know, one side or the other. That has increased from 38 to 61 since 1992. Wow. So almost uh, the vast majority of races now are decided by over 20 points in these counties. Um, and that is an, a big deal because you're seeing now with, with uh, um, the stupid term that I can't stand that when you redraw the lines... Um, about the counties. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, gerrymandering. Redis- gerrymandering isn't exactly related to this, but it's, 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 it's similar. But you're just seeing more and more pol- polarization. Mm-hmm. They're, not re- you know, they're not redrawing the lines of the counties every, every four years. Um, but you know, that is also part of why so many of these congressmen all stay in power forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is incredible. Look at this. You have now have about 20, uh, let's say 22% of races in, the United, in counties in the United States have a 50-point margins. That means you're almost, you almost don't know anyone who believes the opposite. You know, you're talking, say, 80 to 20-type margins. I mean, all, most people you meet are going to be, that are going to agree with you. And you go to, there are very few now, uh, under 40% of counties, where really there's even a close call. We all live around, you know, people that typically agree with us. Um, and, uh, and, and we were of course, in the minority of these places when we lived up north. So, I mean, that's uh, changed. And what did we do? We moved down south. That's uh, what we did. Uh, yeah, because uh, we like those policies. It, mm-hmm. it, and it becomes more and more about teams. It's more and more about, you know, whether, mm-hmm. you know, whether your guy is doing it or not. And, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't get into this for that nonsense. I, I don't care. I don't care. If, seriously, if, if Donald Trump starts coming out and saying, I want a tax increase... And then you know Nancy Pelosi says, "Well, I'm not going to agree with Trump. I want a tax decrease. I'm going to support Nancy Pelosi in that mo- in that point." <laughs> I don't think the vast majority of Republicans would agree. I- in the end, 
in the end, they'd wind up siding with Trump over Nancy, over Nancy Pelosi in that scenario. Now, that scenario is not going to happen. I'd love to see it happen. I'd love to see. Yeah, I kind of would too. I, I'd but, like just as a social experiment. Can you get a better social it. experiment than infrastructure no. spending, though? Uh, I mean, can you get a better one than uh, than Russia? Seventy percent of no. people all of a sudden think that Russia is our friends. Can you get a better uh, the one we used the other day? Evangelicals believe only 30 percent of evangelicals say, you know what, uh, if you do all sorts of crap in your private life, you can't do your public duties. That goes to 72 percent when Trump becomes the nominee. Seventy two from 30 to 72. Did the Bible change in those five years? <laughs> no, it's unbelievable. I don't think it did. It's unbelievable. I'd like to see him. Another great thing to see and put this to the test would be his abortion stance changing. Yeah. Going back to being uh, pro-choice. Well, you know, Let's I got to say. Let's see uh, that. Put that to the real test. I bet you're seeing major movement in gay marriage Jeez, right now. Man, I'll bet uh, you are. I bet you're seeing major mo- movement uh, in, in gay rights issues uh-huh. because Trump is very supportive. And, and I would say... Uh, Absolutely. The most pro-gay rights president to ever take office. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, he's probably to the right of Barack Obama, but Barack o- not of Barack Obama of 2009. Um, he's to the right of Barack Obama 2016, 2017. Um, but he's not right to the right of Barack Obama 2009. Uh, he's to the left of Barack Obama 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I bet you those things are all changing. And I just don't understand what motivates it. Why the know. hell? I don't know. Do you care if the Republicans are well, supporting? It's Why does that blind allegiance to everything Trump? Everything or, or, or everything? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this is, I mean, look, Breitbart, for example, bashed Paul Ryan the entire time and basically wanted him executed uh, politically, uh, executed, and I use the politically in, in only air quotes. Um, executed because of his, the stances he took back in the campaign. Now he's agreeing with Trump. Even Breitbart is critical of this health care bill, yet still it's going to get 80% support of Republicans. It still will. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what you do. I honestly, I don't know. I, you cannot uh, move your country forward policy-wise when no one cares about policies. Mm-hmm. Everyone only cares about their person. It's as if you're in some sort of like Taylor Swift versus her current boyfriend battle and you just stick with whatever side you're on. I just what I'm with Taylor. Value? Well, yeah, I'm with Taylor. Obviously, you never you always side with Taylor. I'm in her squad. I'm part of her. You're part of the Tay Tay uh, squad. Part of the yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in the squad. Team take uh, squad Tay Tay. Uh, yes, I guess. <laughs> Don't guess. You've been reading about squads all the week. <laughs> we all know it. <laughs> uh, I don't know the Tay Tay thing. That's not familiar to me, but. But the squad sure. part. I'm no, definitely no, no, no. It's not familiar to Pat. Yeah, yeah, it's no. not familiar. Uh, with, something I am familiar with is the air in your home, and it's really polluted. Could <laughs> wait, be as well, much the, as five times more polluted than the air outside. You're familiar with the air in my home? I, well, no, I'm familiar with the air in Jeffy's home. It's about 150 times more polluted than the air outside. I for sure am not part of the Tay-Tay club. You really desperate. Just come across, Lee. Just, we all know you're bringing this stupid. You just walk over here and bring it. Stop stopping in front of Jeffy. Just bring it over. And again, I don't know that I need to hold this every single time. We want you to hold it this time. But uh, I'll hold it this time. There we go. All right. I'm surprised that you didn't set it right here. I mean, we can talk about it without. People don't know what it looks like other than the picture behind us. (laughs) It's the picture is behind us, directly behind us. Okay, here it is. This is the Alexa Pure. Right here, this little line. This line tells you uh, when it is actually filtering air. So a lot of times you get. 
and I'm not doing the pat hand gesture thing that he did yesterday. We're not doing this again. Um, but this line, it, it turns blue when you plug it in. I bet if we plugged it in right now, it would be red as anything. Oh, well, Jeffy's in uh, here, of course. Because Jeffy's in here. It, but it would filter. It filters out the Jeffy, uh-huh. is what it does. Uh, I don't know what the percentage uh-huh. is. It's like 99.99% of toxins. I don't know if they That's include the Jeffy in that, but... Uh, it'd be difficult. I think the Alexa Pure Breeze can ha- handle it. Honestly, you know who needs this more than anybody in the world is your wife, Amber. I know. Because I know. she's got to deal with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... But that doesn't... So anyway, then it turns blue when it actually gets it clean. There's a feature on top. You've got modes here, um, which has... Uh, you can set it for times. So if you want to set it, uh, you know, like before you come home, you can just turn it on then. They you also have... See. Like, Jeff, you know Jeffy's coming home from work in two hours. You, you just turn it on the two-hour setting. Uh, mode, you've got uh, clean. You've got the auto and the silent, which yeah. is nice. The silent yeah. is like, you, I mean, literally silent. And then the auto is it'll turn on and off when, only when you need it. So it's not running constantly. Uh, so you'll save electricity. Plus, it actually cleans your air. It's got an innovative four-stage filtration process, mm-hmm. including, as Pat has pointed out many times, huge The true HEPA filter. Gosh, I love them. I love the true HEPA filters. You ever have a false HEPA filter? Uh, no, well, I have, yeah, uh, but not now because I've that. got the Alexa Pure Breeze. And you can pick that up today for only $199.95. Start to breathe easy again. Get rid of those allergens in the air and all the junk. 888-895-7746, 888-895-7746, or online at getalexapure.com. That's online at getalexapure.com. Coming up, we have a spoons today, and it's a very important one um, because we've got a lot of donuts. I don't know, uh, I mean, a lot of donuts. Ooh, from the big one? Not the big one, not the big donut you wanted okay. the other day, but this is another specialty donut place that has like crazy donuts. Nice. What kind of crazy donuts? You know, all sorts of bizarre cereal flavors, and uh, I mean, mm. I saw some of them, they look amazing. It's like, really? yeah, you know, they're ridiculous donuts. Great. Um, okay. So I'm going to try that. Look forward to uh, that. That's coming up. No and doubt. I actually, and I would like to get your analysis on this. Uh, my son has informed me recently mm-hmm. um, that uh, donuts are not a treat. Because I said, you know, he wanted a treat at one time, and I said, uh, we can get it. We want a donut or something. He goes, Daddy, donuts aren't a treat. That's breakfast. It's <laughs> a smart kid. That's a Is that way you get the donut and, and something sweet afterwards? Right. Like he wanted, yeah. then he wanted a donut and a treat afterwards. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Jeffy, why are you looking skeptical know. on this? I thought I you'd know. be a big supporter. Anytime you turn down a donut, it doesn't feel right. No, well, you don't I, have to he, turn down the donut. You just say that's not the treat. That that's part count. of my breakfast. Like candy is a treat, uh-huh. right, for him. Ice cream is a treat. Donut's just a normal food. That's just a meal. <laughs> All right. So, like, you know, it's like saying, like, I would like a salad or I would like a donut. Those are mm-hmm. in the same category to him. <laughs> <laughs> actually, <laughs> so he, I mean, you've actually had him check now because he's... He's smartening up. I, a I think so, right? He's expanding. Uh, he's expanding the amount of treats he can have. I mean, that's genius. By denying donuts are a treat. Yeah, that's pretty smart. <laughs> that's smart. It's pretty smart. He's getting that's there, genius. I guess. All right. Here's uh, this is really good in light of what came out this week uh, from WikiLeaks about the CIA spying on you. Here is how to tell if you're vulnerable to CIA hacking tools. WikiLeaks recently made an announcement that the Central Intelligence Agency has a large cache of spy tools that they can use to hack into phones, computers, and even televisions. Here's how you can tell if you're vulnerable to these spy tools. To see if your address is located in the affected area, go to the website maps.google.com and type in your address. 
If it shows up, that means you're in the affected area. Again, that's maps.google.com. Here's a map of the affected areas. Next, to see if your cell phone is vulnerable to the Central Intelligence Agency hacking tools, simply go to Google and search for cell phones made after 2003 and press enter. If your cell phone shows up on this list, you may be vulnerable. Finally, to find out whether or not your laptop is vulnerable to snooping by spy agencies, all you have to do is go to the manufacturer's website and look up the make and model number to see if it has a feature called Wi-Fi. Again, W-I-F-I. If it has Wi-Fi, you're vulnerable to hacking. That is really good. That's funny. That's really yeah, funny. It sucked me in. I, I was like, I don't oh, know. I'm interested to see if I'm vulnerable. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you uh, are. I am, I am too. <laughs> I am too. That's a, what a coincidence. Wow, Jeffy is uh, actually no. Jeffy has a Jeffy's not. He's not. Uh, flip. No, he's not vulnerable. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the one doing the hacking. He didn't live in the colored part of the world, nor does he have any of the technology. No, not so at all. he's fine. So he's fine. You're fine, right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about this Obamacare thing, let's uh, sweep this up. Mike Lee uh, had a couple of comments on uh, what we should do with Obamacare, mm. and, and this is such a weird thing because. The process of doing this is so utterly arcane, and uh, I, I mean, I don't know how anybody understands it. And I will say this once again: this is a terrible rollout from the Trump administration. Yeah. Again, a mm. terrible, terrible. Now, again, we said over and over again that the the the, uh, the travel ban thing was not that big of a deal, but it was such a terrible rollout. This is a terrible rollout. They needed to go to the people and say, look, we have to do this just so you know. This has to happen in three steps. And this is why we're going to do it in three steps. Before any of us even see the bill, they should at least explain the process a little bit. What we're getting here is like, I mean, it's a disaster. And uh, so here's Lee talking about this a little bit, and we'll talk more about the process afterwards. Watch. So just to be clear, are you for repeal but not yet replace? Where are you on that? I'm for repeal. Look, we've been waiting for seven years for the opportunity to repeal Obamacare. We waited for the election in 2010, where we got the majority in the House. In 2014, where we got the majority in the Senate. In 2016, where uh, we've now got a Republican in the White House as a result of that election. This is not the repeal bill that we've mm -hmm. been waiting for for all these years. It's for this sure. is a huge opportunity that's been missed, and it's a, it's a step in the wrong direction. What we need to do is repeal the bill and mm -hmm. then bring about an iterative step-by-step -step process, one in which we can put the American consumer, uh, the patients and doctors, back in charge of their own health care decisions rather than having them made by government bureaucrats in Washington. How can any Republican argue with that? No kidding. It's, it's impossible for me to get my head around. I, uh, how can any Republican disagree with that? I mean, but, you know, Lee is no, not a typical, I mean, he's just not a Republican, right? Lee is a guy who cares about policy. Uh -huh. He's one of like four and he's talking a freaking foreign language. And to the seriously, there might be four senators who are like Mike Lee. Yeah, I mean, uh, there might be. Rand maybe. Paul, yeah. uh, Mike maybe, Lee, Ted Cruz, uh, Ben Sass. Mm. Uh, there's not a lot of them. No. Nope. There's not a lot of them these days. Um, nope. uh, so uh, let's, here's the, uh, you know, because one of the complaints is you're going to take all these people off of health care. They're going to be dead people in the streets piled up at high, like 400 deep. Yeah. 400 deep all, all over town. Just piles of 400 people piled dead on top of each other wherever you go right. in every town. <laughs> okay, well, well, that's true. That seems bad. Obviously, so but, obviously, uh, we can't we can't repeal it. No. Then. Well, that's the question here, and here's how Mike Lee answers it. Okay. 
Well, you know the folks who look at this and say repeal first or repeal only at this point say you're going to leave millions without a plan. There's going to be no direction. If we if we put off Tell the replacement the part of this, it's going to be what just the like all the people? funding cliffs that we get to. It won't get done on time. And we're going to have another crisis when we get to this end of the period where we're supposed to have the replacement in place. It's bad PR for the GOP if it looks like millions of people are going to be left with nothing. Shannon, the problem with that talking point is that it's false. It, it ignores the fact Bless that there's you, a two-year delayed implementation provision in the repeal bill that would give us more than enough time that we need to figure out what comes next under Obamacare. The other Obviously. problem with that talking point is that it basically plays into a, a similar mindset that Nancy Pelosi used seven years ago when Obamacare was passed, when she famously or infamously by now said, in essence, you, you've got to pass this thing to find out what's in it. Uh, look, what we want is to avoid the same mistakes that were made when the Affordable Care Act was passed into law, when it was crafted by a, a small handful of lawmakers and staff behind closed doors, brought forward, rushed through uh, without adequate input from the American people in this 2,700-page comprehensive bill. I'd rather see us repeal in one fell swoop and then move forward with a step-by-step -step process to bring about the reforms so, we need. So I love you, Mike. I love, first of I all, love I you, love Mike, Mike Lee. Mike, love I love him. you. Secondly, I don't understand. Ugh. Again, the process is confusing to me. I've heard multiple times Man. they can't just re they can't do what Mike Mike Lee just said because yeah. they, you need 60 votes to do that, and they're not going to get 60 votes. So they have to do it through this three-step reconciliation process, where basically what that does is you basically have to tweak the budget rather than actually repealing the Use rules. Use the nuclear option. Right. They did. Yes, it was for a judge. It wasn't for a bill. I don't care. They did it. Just do the same thing to them that they did but to us. But he doesn't seem to be suggesting that. No, That's he, not he what doesn't. Mike Lee is saying. No. And Mike Lee is He's such so a process guy yeah, that he must know. Yeah, it can uh, be done. That it can be done, but I don't. I, we maybe we should get him on and have him answer these questions. Right. Because yeah, I, that's a good idea. I, I don't understand. You know, I, I, you hear, you read five different sources. You get five different answers on this. I, you know, look, they can definitely. We can confirm this. Definitely do better with the process they're using than what they've done. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that's what the negotiation uh, comes to here. Uh, hopefully they can move this serious distance to the right. You're not going to get a perfect bill. I get that. But this is a, this is a crap heap. Get me from a D plus to a B minus, will you? Can you believe they're using that perfect bill crap just like the Democrats did? Oh, yeah, of course. It's not a perfect bill, but it's, it's a good bill. It's, a it's never going to be a perfect bill. It can't be perfect. We're not, nobody's perfect. It's not a perfect bill. No bill is perfect. We can't get perfect. If you want perfect, you're going to have to go to heaven. We don't have perfect here. This isn't perfect, but it's pretty good. It's kind of nice. It's going to help people, but we can't get a perfect bill. And we're getting the same freaking thing from the Republicans now. Mm -hmm. It drove me out of my mind in 2009. It's even worse now because I expect more of these guys. I've stopped, though. Aren't, you're off that bandwagon, yeah, I aren't you? Yes. I don't. Yes. I, I mean, yes. again, we talked about this in the first break. The social experiment we're seeing here could almost never be replicated. You're, you're taking these positions that are exactly the opposite of what everyone argued for for the past 30, 40 years. And because of a couple of personality changes and a mood change in the country, you are seeing all of these people say the exact opposite thing that they've been fighting against. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And the fact is, they've been trying for more than 30 or 40. They've been trying for 100 yeah. years right on the left, yeah. to get this done. They'd been trying since 1912 under Woodrow Stinkin' Wilson. When Obama said, we've been trying for 100 years to get this bill. We're going to finally get it done. He was right. 
he was telling the truth about that. That's about the only thing he told the truth on, was they had been trying for 100 years. And why didn't they succeed? Because Americans demanded that they not do what they were trying to do. And in 2009, they just ignored that and did it anyway. I, I, so that's where we are. And, and now, we've got, now we've got the power to get rid of it, and they're, and they're not. They're just adding to it. Uh, I got an email from... T- we, we should... I'm going to try to find out where this guy gets his information, but he says they're going off of the Obamacare bill and just adding to it and amending the bill itself. That's the reconciliation process. So they can't. It's, that's why I don't understand, because they're if they could just repeal it, they would need to get 60 votes to avoid the filibuster unless they use the nuclear option, which they're not saying they're going to use. Yeah. So the only way that they can they don't get even it, threaten it. They don't even but threaten that's, it. That's the weakling Republican Party for you. They never do that. Yeah, I they don't know. never I, do that. I don't want that to be a common thing, though. I mean, do you, do you, dis- do you dislike the filibuster? I, uh, do you think it's a bad thing? I like that the Senate can stop things. That when you, when you have 45 senators as Republicans, you can stop things. And they used it a lot. Yeah, and it's a good process. And it, it, it works. But, I, you know. It's just tempting. I mean, It I, is. You know, because this is Reed so bad, disregarded but, everything and went ahead and did it. I know. And, and that's how they got all this stuff done. They just did it. They didn't care what anybody else thought. The vast majority of Americans didn't want this. They did it anyway. I just want to get rid of it. I do, too. I just want to get I rid do of too. it. I do, too. I do, too. Um, all right, let's take a break. 888-727-BECK is the uh, phone number. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your cell phone uh, because, uh, you know, these are the types of programs we're talking about. The money that goes to, uh, you know, giant liberal organizations, a lot of it comes, for whatever reason, one of the biggest donors to these things are phone companies. They mm-hmm. take your money and they pour it into liberal politicians that will help uh, you know, their industries, but also uh, help values that really hurt you, the, the things that you're fighting for. And Patriot Mobile solves this. Yeah, and they offer nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE. Uh, they've got the, all the competitive prices. In fact, they're lower prices than you're paying right now, and they'll donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice like the NRA or FreedomWorks. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, Patriot Mobile will even buy out your current contract. And, you know, you hear that from phone companies all the time. They're like, here's $8 to buy out your contract. <laughs> well, they're going to find me $150. I think mine uh, at one point was $200. Uh, yeah, that well, sounds right. They basically have just caught all cell phone contracts because they're saying $500. They will pay up to $500 and credit you to uh, to get rid of this contract. And you get to keep your phone number. Plus, you get the great nationwide coverage you get with everybody else while supporting conservative values that you trust. So just pick up the phone and call them now. Patriot Mobile will waive your $35 activation fee if you use the promo code Pat and Stu. So use the promo code Pat and Stu and go to PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stu or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Welcome back. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Uh, well, this is something I stumbled upon last night, and it's pretty interesting. I- I'm kind of fascinated by the Westboro Baptist Church uh, because they're so freaking nuts, and their belief system is so whacked out. Um, Who are you to say that about someone's religion? Uh, huh. I'm Stu. Uh, wow. I actually do the show here every day. Um, oh, okay. I was so, just curious. Yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this was pretty interesting. She did a TED Talk uh, in which she talked about 
how she left the church. This is uh, Megan Phelps Roper. If you know Phelps, that's the that's the name of the Westboro Baptist Church. Fred Phelps was the big guy, and I don't know if he's still doing it or not, but his whole fa- it's mostly his family that is the, responsible for the Westboro Baptist Church. And this is the church that goes around and protests military funerals and terrorism victim funerals and, um, you know, says God hates Jews and God hates gays, and they're awful, awful, awful people. So uh, the question here is, though, can you engage with someone like that and actually turn them around? This is one example of yes. Watch. In my home, life was framed as an epic spiritual battle between good and evil. The good was my church and its members, and the evil was everyone else. My church's antics were such that we were constantly at odds with the world, Jews and that reinforced our otherness on a daily basis. Make a difference between the unclean and the clean, the verse says. And so we did. From baseball games to military funerals, we trekked across the country with neon protest signs in hand, to tell others exactly how unclean they were and exactly why they were headed for damnation. This was the focus of our whole lives. This was the only way for me to do good in a world that sits in Satan's lap. And like the rest of my ten siblings, I believed what I was taught with all my heart, and I pursued Westboro's agenda with a special sort of zeal. Wow. Mm. It's, it's uh, hard to fathom when... I mean, you might be thinking, well, did you ever read the Bible? <laughs> you know, before you joined on Twitter and started talking to people, did you read the Bible? Shouldn't that have been a clue? Well, and you know, where does it say anywhere that God hates anybody at any time, anywhere? Never. That would Never. be a big, because yeah. I mean, the signs all say the word hate, right. and he doesn't seem to use it. I mean, their way. church is all about hate. Yeah. They hate everybody who, who aren't them. Uh, so it's, it's I, bizarre to me. I was convinced for a while it was just a, it was a bit. Like, the Westboro Baptist yeah. Church was a bunch of people who wanted to mock Christianity. Like, that's how bad it is. But yeah, I, it I, is. I don't think that's true. Now, I, I, there's a documentary I watched about them going inside. Uh, some guy going inside. Oh, I can't think of his name. He's, got, he's the guy doing the new Scientology video, uh, documentary coming out soon. And he went inside the church and spent, like, a weekend with these people or a couple weeks. Um, and after watching that, I was convinced. Now, these people are actually real. Like, this is what mm. they actually believe. Mm-hmm. Um, here is, a, is how the transition actually started. In 2009, that zeal brought me to Twitter. Initially, the people I encountered on the platform were just as hostile as I expected. They were the digital version of the screaming hordes I'd been seeing at protests since I was a kid. But in the midst of that digital brawl, a strange pattern developed. Someone would arrive at my profile with the usual rage and scorn. I would respond with a custom mix of Bible verses, pop culture references, and smiley faces. They would be understandably confused and caught off guard, but then a conversation would ensue. And it was civil, full of genuine curiosity on both sides. How had the other come to such outrageous conclusions about the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was eventually, she thinks, uh, kind of forgiven for what she did, and it's hard because she was really a terrible person. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I think to her own admission, um, but this mm-hmm. is how uh, that came about. The truth is that the care shown to me by these strangers on the internet was itself a contradiction. It was growing evidence that people on the other side were not the demons I'd been led to believe. These realizations were life-altering. Once I saw that we were not the ultimate arbiters of divine truth, but flawed human beings, I couldn't pretend otherwise. I couldn't justify our actions, especially our cruel practice of protesting funerals and celebrating human tragedy. 
Wow. These shifts in my perspective contributed mm. to a larger erosion of trust in my church, and eventually it made it impossible for me to stay. She, um, in spite of overwhelming grief and terror, <laughs> I left done. Westboro in 2012. <laughs> in those days just after I left, the instinct to hide was almost paralyzing. I wanted to hide from the judgment of my family, who I knew would never speak to me again, mm-hmm. people whose thoughts and opinions had meant everything to me. And I wanted to hide from the world I'd rejected for so long, people who had no reason at all to give me a second chance after a lifetime of antagonism. And yet, unbelievably, they did. I really like her. She's, yeah. you know, she had very little chance to have a decent life at the beginning because she was indoctrinated from the time she was a toddler. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were poisoning her mind with this slop, this filth for her entire life. And then she starts getting out on her own and experiencing the world and interacting with other people other than her dumb family. And she pulls out of it. That's, I mean, to her great credit. She's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a hard thing. She's, she's obviously, to grow up in that environment, I think you kind of just assume she'd be a bumbling idiot. And yeah. she's well-spoken right. and seems to be smart. Um, mm-hmm. And that didn't just happen since seems she left the church. Seems to now be loving, which is odd. caring. Yeah, very yeah. strange. Let's watch this last clip real quick, uh, talking about how her whole experience has shaped her worldview. That period was full of turmoil, but... One part I've returned to often is a surprising realization I had during that time, that it was a relief and a privilege to let go of the harsh judgments that instinctively ran through my mind about nearly every person I saw. I realized that now I needed to learn. I needed to listen. This has been at the front of my mind lately, because I can't help but see in our public discourse so many of the same destructive impulses that ruled my former church. Mm-hmm. We celebrate tolerance and diversity more than at any other time in memory, and still we grow more and more divided. We want good things, justice, equality, freedom, dignity, prosperity. But the path we've chosen looks so much like the one I walked away from four years ago. Mm. We've broken the world into us and them, only emerging from our bunkers long enough to lob rhetorical grenades at the other camp. Her, we write uh, off half the country as out-of-touch liberal elites, or racist, misogynist bullies. No new... Yeah. Her, her family won't even talk to her now, other than her sister who came out of the church with her. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. more Pat and Stu coming up. Tell me that's just not going back, though. Yeah, uh, that is. The, the last part's right. Exactly what he's been talking about. Yep. Well, we don't have time for Jeffy. We, we, luckily, uh, we, we ran out. Oh, we, we, got another, we got another hour of the show. Yeah, yeah. We got another hour of the show. We're all jam-packed next really hour. Really oh, no, we're we, In fact, we've, we've never had so much stuff. I mean, it's wall-to-wall. We're jamming five minutes of entertainment into that hour. So, so yeah, we're not going to have time for you. Not going to have time for you, so. Um, we do have time for donuts. Uh, ridiculous donuts, donuts right? you're going to be seeing here in a little bit. And also, there seems donuts. to be a lot of food around this building today, and we have not had any. None of it. So we're going to go get some. So leave us alone. All right? All right, let's go. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, go ahead and play the music, and we'll see you next hour. <laughs> oh, just all righty. We're going to get food. Let's go. Yeah, baby. Oh, 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 oh.